welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am interviewing the founder and creative director of Band of Vices. Please welcome Terrell Tilford. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much, brother. Pleasure to be here, no doubt. Pleasure to have you on. I, I feel like I finally crossed over. I have like really top tier guests now, and I'm just a humble guy from East Baltimore. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Man, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, real quick, um, give us well, or as quick as you would like, give us those those vital like stats. How did you know that art was a career for you? Because you have a background in art, background in acting. Um, so, so tell me about that and kind of that, that elevator pitch about the story of Band of Vices. Gotcha. Absolutely. Uh, one, I just want to reiterate again, it's a pleasure to be here, man. You know, we don't take any of this for granted in any kind of way. And, you know, we're, we're part, we're thrilled to be a part of something that's elevating the culture every which way. So any, any opportunity to be able to discuss what we're doing and the intention behind all of it, that's, that's what we strive for. Uh, I've been a professional actor for over 35 years, and along that path, I've been fortunate enough to be an art collector as well. I actually started collecting artwork when I was 16 years old, um, and it, it started with uh, in my mama's garage, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was out back uh, in out in the garage cleaning up um, a bunch of stuff within there, and literally. I came across these drawings that my brother had done 25 years before. And I was just so enamored with the complexity of the work. And they were scenes of, uh, they were illustrations of like Vietnam guys in, in war battle on the one hand. And then on the other hand, he had these imageries of like black exploitation. Uh, people. And there was one in particular, this small eight by eight painting called Cleo. And it was of Cleopatra Jones, um, the actress, Tamla Dobson. Yeah. And in looking at that work, it was so detailed and so beautiful. And it was original artwork and just holding something that had been in existence for 20 plus years and it had been tucked away in a folder in a mildewed garage that, you know, I really felt like I was finding a gym. Right. And to be able to take that piece and go to my brother and go, Hey man, you know, do you mind if I frame this? And he was like, Sure. You know, whatever happened, you know, kick rocks. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and brothers. Then, <laughs> and then after, after getting it framed and bringing it and bringing it back home to see my brother's look on his face that I had taken something of his and ordained it or validated it in such a way for him, that was the first time he had ever seen his own artwork framed. And it just really changed the whole narrative and conversation for me in approaching uh, original artwork. And then to know that even something as small and indelible as getting an artwork framed, the impact that it would have on someone who had created the artwork, that they said, wow, you took something that I created and you leveled up, if you yeah. will. Yeah. You know, 
So throughout my years as a professional actor and my relationship over the years with collecting artwork from people, I had this idea that I wanted to help support visual artists in the same way people had supported me as an actor, whether they came out and saw me in plays. At the time, people used to write to the networks about their favorite actor, that whole thing. And it was a bit of a, a love song, if you will, for me going, you know what? I really want to help support these visual artists. I really want them to make a living at the thing that brings them joy in the same way that, you know, being on stage or on a set was fulfilling me. Yeah. And over the years, it just powder kegged and grew and ultimately became a business that I could have never uh, initially anticipated. But, you know, the blessings come in different ways and I'm here for it. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for, for walking us through that, especially the example with, with art. Like that's, that's huge. I, um, kind of had that support as a kid. I had an uncle who was a commercial artist and I never met him. He passed before I was born, but it was kind of like, I want to find some of his work. I want to be able to like touch it and be around it and kind of ex experience it. So that's definitely a thing. And in doing this podcast, I've been on my journey in collecting art and being a person that's always appreciated it, but having like the, uh, the equivalent of like the dogs playing poker, but like not really well done, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the crib. And, um, so yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, this, this is always for someone who does a lot. This is always a, um, an interesting question. This is always a, a, a tough question when someone does a lot or what have you. So I'll, I'll frame it as in you can you could do it in day or you can do it in week. But what does the typical day look like for you with all of the, the hats that you're wearing? Because honestly, I don't know what a creative director does, but what what does that look like for your typical day? Hopefully, if I'm lucky, it starts with meditation okay, uh, and gratitude and really I like to start the day probably the way I end most days as well is I just sit in, uh, I sit in the silence and I just think about the intentions for the day. I think about our mission and what we continuously want to say with the work. It's much like, um, when I drive my seven year old daughter to school in the morning, um, we set intent. She goes, Papa, you know, we have to set our intentions for the day. I said, okay, so what are yours, Mars? Uh, her name is Marley. And she says, okay, it's always have fun. Um, be mindful and be kind mm. or something. And I, and I, I always think about those and I go, okay, I can rock with those. I want to have some fun. Yeah. I want to be mindful of what I'm doing for the day. And yeah, I want to I want to be kind and, and good for others. Um, so when I pull up to any number of our exhibition spaces or galleries, if you will, it's really about going, how can we be of best service to our artists and our community and our patrons on a daily basis? So for me, it's starts with, you know, rudimentary stuff, filtering through the emails, you know, what's most important to address first. Yeah. Um, but a good deal of it is really artists 
curator relations yep. and it's it's reaching out to people I, I i i make a point with my team to say let's make sure we're touching an artist every other week or so i want i want i want to i want every artist that we're working with or intend to work with i want them to know that we're thinking about them i want them to know that everything that we're striving toward uh, you'll hear me use this word intentionality, you know, quite a bit. We're very intentional in everything that we do. We're very intentional in the shows that we produce, why we do them, even when we do them as well, and who we're pairing certain artists with. I reached out, you know, Thomas James. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, I reached out to Thomas last night and I said, hey, man, there's this artist you have in this other show coming up. I actually, prior to this show opening, this was last night. I reached out to him and I said, I want to show him what these other two artists. And he hit me back this morning. I said, just meditate on it. Let me know what you think. So the message this morning was, man, I, I think that's a great combination. And all that, you know, what do you think about this idea right here? What have you? So it's, it's really about an honest approach to going. What is the strongest way we can amplify and uplift the artists that we work with for their highest good? Yeah first and foremost. And, and if I, if I know that we're working toward that thought, then everything else has truth, honesty, sincerity, integrity that matriculates down from it as well. So if, if you're starting with a high level of validation and awareness, mm -hmm. and you know what your honest intentions are, then hopefully as the day progresses, <laughs> you don't steer, you don't steer the course. So, you know, then it becomes about, you know, reaching out to particular collectors about things or tag teaming with a curator to make sure or see where they're at in their process of the show that they have going on. Cause we have different initiatives in our different exhibition spaces. So there's a lot of, um, somewhat managerial, but it's more so and a bit of administrative as well, but it's really checking in with your other creatives and going, where are you at? Yeah. What's going on? Any problems, any, anything foreseeable, um, what, any roadblocks, how can I be of support? And that's, that's one thing that we're constantly checking in with people is, you know, how can, how can we support you in your efforts? It's great. It's, 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 it's a thing where I guess I always go back to like my knowledge around like least media and a few books that I've read about Basquiat. And it's like, you don't want to feel like it's, it's a, you're a commodity. And I think being able to check in with a person, you're, you're more than what you create. You're, you're a person that's creating this, or even the thing with like being an artist of color, it's, People want the art, but they don't want the racial, the experience, all of those things that are baked into it that actually motivates and informs the art. That's yeah. it's really, really interesting to me. And that's one of the reasons why I try to do this podcast. It's like, oh, yeah, you like this guy, but or you like this, this, this lady. But what's the, what's their story? What, what's the other thing about them? Do you know anything about them other than, wow, they do good paintings? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me let me offer one thing to you, brother, because. Uh, the proof is always in the pudding. You used a word that I, I just will not allow. You said trying to do this podcast. You are doing this podcast. No, you're right. You're right. And you've done it. You've done it well. And we're fortunate to be a part of it. So I just want to just want to reinforce and uplift you with that as well, that there is no trying. You're, you're doing it. We're here. 
Much, much appreciated. It's very Yoda of you as well. So. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you mentioned something that was very important, uh, commodity. Yeah. And that's a huge bone of contention for me because while we are in a commercial venture, mm-hmm. what's important to me is that the artists that we work with, that they don't feel that they feel less of a commodity and feel more of a presence for themselves that, that we are, you know, we are spiritual beings. So we have so much more to offer energetically even. And one thing that I talk with many of these artists about, I say, listen, one thing that I think distinguishes band devices from other people is that we have a different heartbeat and different sensibility in our approach. And while these other galleries may see you, I believe they see you as a commodity. They see dollars. Mm-hmm. And what I want the artists that we work with to understand is that we see people And so every effort that we forge, every relationship that we enter into, we treat it like a family atmosphere. We understand it's still business, but we also want to create an atmosphere that's supportive and that, you know, when we first sit down with an artist, one of the first things we ask is, what is it you want to do? What are your needs, wants, and desires versus, you know, some of these larger entities, they're going to tell you everything they're going to do and how you need to see them and fit into their format. And that model is broken. That model is broken. It doesn't exist in the same way. And artists have too much power nowadays and should be appreciated and exalted a little bit more uh, in my mind's eye, because it all starts with them. It starts with their creativity. We don't exist without them. So, but it's very important for them to realize from our standpoint that you are so much more than a commodity uh, and that we, we, we greatly value you. That's great. I think it's, it's important too, because it's um, it's super important because it's, it's one of those things where people don't, they don't feel the love. Sometimes they don't feel and running into a being in this side of the, I guess the art and the creative and the culture side of the, the conversation. I feel that way. So definitely hearing you speak on that is important. It's, it's great to hear that. So speak, speak on being an, an innovator. Uh, I said that really weird. Speak on being an innovator. Um, wh- what is your process or your mindset? And do, are you someone that like writes down ideas and maybe later revisits them? Walk me to that kind of creative process and coming up with, with what you're going to do next with band devices. I, I will say it, it, it may come across a bit ethereal, um, <laughs> but it's, it's my truth. And this is my process. Um, you know, we at Band Devices, we are we we've just gone through a, a rebranding of the company, and to give you a little bit better idea of who we are, because while people see us as an art gallery or something of that nature, we are in the business of art and culture. Mm-hmm. 
That's what we are. We are an art and culture company, first and foremost. And we have seven lines of business that exist under the idea of band of vices. You know, that is our ultimate brand. But we have a gallery across the street, which we've rebranded now uh, as our collab is as in collaboration space. And then the, the, the building I'm in right now, we call our sacred house um, because we, be- we believe it's a sanctuary for visual artists. Um, most ideas come to me in dreams. Okay. So when I begin with just small pinpoints of a show, or I may look at a calendar, or I may look at, look down the road and go, what do I want this season to look like? I want to balance it between conceptual photography, sculpture, uh, figurative, abstract works. And then I begin culling through artists that we've worked with and then a dream team of artists that I want to work with as well. And I believe in organic relationships. Yeah. So I like, uh, for instance, there's this new artist that we're both very excited about one another. Uh, she's in Copenhagen right now. And she responded back to something yesterday and she goes, man, I love your vibe. This and that we got to jump on a zoom or something in the next day, what have you. And we're going to do that because what I like to do is I like to tap in with an artist and see where they're coming from, what they're about. Um, because we have a, we have a standard of principles for ourselves that we work within and it's almost like a mandate for us. And if there's something within that, that someone represents that's not part of that or is outside of those things, we don't, we don't even engage it. Um, Life is too short, too important. Right. Uh, And, and again, we want to be really honest and we want to work with people who want to, who want to work and who want to build. So when I begin thinking about the shows, they wake me up in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning. So I get up and I just begin walking around the house or I may go outside and just, you know, walk up and down the street for a minute or something. And then I'm just listening. And then slowly more and more things begin to reveal themselves about the shows. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've completely installed shows. We don't use the word hang anymore. We ain't hanging no more uh, people. Uh, when right. I, you know, when we install a show, it will wake me up in the middle of the night if things are missing mm-hmm. and I can come back in with fresh eyes the next day and go, I knew it was four inches too high when I did it, but I was trying to fight something and whatever. Nope, nope, honor, <laughs> four inches, bring it down. <laughs> or this painting energetically combined with this other painting right here, they're not getting along. They're not, you know, they're not communicating effectively. You're not telling the story in the, the, in the intention or the way that you intended on telling it. So those are things I, I, I listen for. It, it really is. Like I said, it's, it's really, man, you know, there's no textbook or you can't Google this version. It's just, you know, when people say, Oh, I have a sense of something. 
Um, that's what all of it is. And I try not to get it right. Mm -hmm. I just try to get it honest. And, and I go, if it feels honest, then I can live with that part so that whoever walks through the door and whatever reaction they have to it at that point, it is what it is. You know, mm -hmm. if they, they big up us and give us <laughs> props and all that, or if they come in, oh, I don't really, not really feeling okay. Yeah. All good. All of it's valid. All of it is. I, I love that. I love that vibe. I love the way that you described it, where the, the key thing that I took out of that, because I, I, I get that same approach sometimes. I'm like, it just hits me anytime. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I have a ridiculous idea. Let me write it down. And or I have something that would be a great like if I'm asking, um, speaking to an artist or something along those lines, what do I want to know? It's like, I need to put that down. And I think I'm coming to a realization of being able to listen to myself a bit more. And that's the key thing I took out of what you were describing, being able to listen and give yourself the time other than kind of getting ahead of yourself or kind of saying, ah, that's stupid or that's bad, but really listening and just writing it down and then being able to kind of cull through what maybe doesn't work in this way or maybe works maybe in a different way. That's how I do with some of the, the questions that I, I come up with. I'm sitting down, I'm going through, I feel like a stalker sometimes. I'm going through <laughs> people's backgrounds. It's like, how you know I make kombucha? It's like, I don't know, I just was researching. <clears throat> but that's 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 what I do. And um, generally people give me that feedback and they'll listen like, wow, that was a really interesting question or wow, that was like a conversation. And that's the honesty for me. Yeah. That's like, oh, this was that's what the intent was. It's not yeah. let's have an expose. It's more so a saison, a, a dip into who this person is. And I'm going back to I think you, you were talking about with band of vices, kind of having a I'm paraphrasing, but a, a metric of what you're looking for in a collaborator or collaborator. And I have the same thing. And there have been times where It'll be like, oh, this would be a great guest. And it's like, eh, it feels a little cloudy. Like, what are you doing? Am I interested in what you're doing? Mm. And I have to kind of go through this whole checklist. And sometimes if I'm on the fence, let's have a conversation first. Let's see where you're at. I, 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 I recognize for myself my greatest personal failures uh, in my business come when I haven't listened. So whether I'm doing a studio visit on a call with a, an artist or whomever, I try not to formulate any ideas while they're talking. I try and, and the minute it comes, I'm like, get away, get away. <laughs> Let me, I just want to make sure I'm hearing exactly what this brother is saying to my, to my highest ability before I have a response to it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that marinate in the background, back burner kind of action. Cause I, <laughs> I like what, what this ultimately this podcast turns into is me getting gems from people. <laughs> Uh, back and forth, brother. Back and absolutely. Forth. So I got a, I have a couple more questions before I get to some rapid fire questions, but this one, I definitely wanted to, um, get some insight on from your vantage point as a creative director and a person of color. What do you see the future of both media and representation of historically undervalued, overlooked and cast aside? Where, where do you think that that's going? We have so much power that we haven't even we haven't 
actually actualized ourselves yet. Like, like we're still down the street somewhere where energetically we're through this screen. We're in the, we're in the future. Yeah. We represent the future. This is why, you know, people are talking about Afrofuturism, Afro surrealism and all that. We exist in the future. And when you recognize who and whose you are as a, as a spiritual being, not a religious being, but a spiritual being, why am I on this earth? How did I come from dynasties yeah. of kings and queens and, 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 One of the most impressionable things that happened to me at the age of seven in 1977 was Star Wars and the King Tutankhamun exhibition. Everybody else would short and say King Tut. Um, I experienced both of those things in the same year. And as a little black boy who didn't grow up with access, those two things showed me something that I never knew existed. Endless possibility. One was from a dynasty thousands of years in the past and the other thousands of years in the future. And honestly, I'm just making that connection <laughs> right this very minute. Yeah. Cause I've talked about those two things in, in that year before I've never made the connection like that until right this very moment. And to me, that is the power that we possess as creative people, as powerful people. The reason why the country is so mad is because we've won at everything. And everything that they used to own, we have now owned from the highest office to every quarterback. Remember, I don't, you, you may not remember. When I was growing up, there was like maybe one black quarterback, maybe two. Right. Every, every team has a black quarterback now. This more is or true. less. They, they're reverting back again. Um, but we've, we've dominated sports. We've dominated, dominated entertainment. We have more black successful businesses because we have a different soul mm-hmm. to our work, man. Yes. We have a different, we, we just, we're just, our DNA is different. So everything that we do has a different purpose. It may, it, it's going to involve the commercial, you know, enterprise, yeah. but still for so many of us, we just have different <clears throat> principles that go along with it 
That's why we're successful. And that's why we are going to own the future because the more and more we tap into that, the universe can't help but respond to it. Hell yeah. I'm over here in awe. I'm over here like, like, yeah, man, let's go to the future. Let's do it. Let's just make it happen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it just hits different when it, when it comes from us and you can, you, if it resonates and you just feel it. And that, that's the thing. There are other, there are other attempts to try to replicate it, but it's just, it rings hollow. And when you see something that's authentic and something that's real, it's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's original. That, that, that makes it's original while being familiar. It's the very, it's the very thing you said though. We feel it. Mm -hmm. Other people think it. The minute people walk through these doors, I've literally had people walk through the door, stop and burst into tears. Completely inaudible. They're just in awe and man, it just fills me because I go with every moment of every piece of architecture, even inside this building that we fought over. And I'd go to my partner and say, Hey man, (laughs) we need to do this. And he goes, do you know how much that's going to cost? And I was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, here you go. And then he called me the next day. Oh shit. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And I was like, I don't, I, I, and as I was even saying to some people yesterday, I said, I don't need to be right. I just, uh, I just, I just listen, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I don't, I don't need to be validated on, on the, Ooh, I, I win on this one. I just go, no, this is what we need. So then you look at something else. You'd be like, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. But that, but then, you know, and, and in working together with that push pull and creating that creative tension Mm -hmm. together, that's what makes us stronger. That's, that's what enables when somebody walks in, they go, Oh my God. Yeah. And it's black owned. I've never been in a building like this before. And we just go, thank you. It's like a creative sparring session. Definitely. That's good. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, what I'm saying is, and that's good. It, we, that's how greatness occurs. Greatness doesn't occur from just being polite and nice and acquiescing and going, oh, okay, you'll take this one or whatever. It's like going, no, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why do we need that wall? Right. Do we really need to drywall? Yeah, we do. Why? Because aesthetically, you need to see this. I remember I was uh, installing a work for uh, a sister several years ago, solo show, and we were having a little bit of creative tension. <clears throat> it was actually real thick. <laughs> um, and she started placing the paintings around where they're going to go on the wall. And I let her have her process because I had never experienced this before. And I didn't say one word. And when she was done, I just walked over to the paintings and I just started moving things, just moving. I just, I wanted her to, she had her pass. I want to have my pass. I started moving things. She had a little bit of something to say. Then there was one. She said, Oh no, this has to go over there because this isn't that. And I said, it can't. And she said, why? I said, because energetically, the painting 
was facing profile. And I said, you're sending the painting right into the wall. I said, the energy of her is going right into a wall. I said, she needs to be on the other side so her energy can actually fill the room. And that was the turning point in the rebuild of our creative tension. We broke it right there because I, I make up that she heard what I was saying from a conscious standpoint of something greater than just what aesthetically you may think looks good on one side here. But when you understand energy at the same time, something's got to give. I got, I got one more question before I get into these rapid fire ones. This last question, I've trimmed it. Um, but what are three tools that you're using regularly in your work? It could be an app. It can be, I definitely got to use my MacBook. Like what are three tools that you're using to kind of get things done? Ah, <clears throat> oh, man, I, I hate being tied to technology, but I also kind of dig technology. And the more every day I'm learning more and more that there are things out there that have existed for so long that I had no idea about. I remember when my team said, you know, us emailing each other back and forth, this is what we need to, we need to move over to Slack. And I was like, Slack, what is Slack? <laughs> what are those trousers? Like, it's been around for like nine years and it's really efficient. I was like, this thing is stupid or whatever. <laughs> You know, I, I fight every single one of them, sometimes mostly joking, but I'm like, this is stupid. You know, why can't we just eat? I said, I need a paper trail, this and that. Love me some slack, brother. I'm yep. slacking all night long. Um, you know, we got 15, 18 people in the company. So slack is, I was like, thank God for slack. Um, a partner of mine is an investor in a zoom like company, but it's, it was started by a black woman called whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, it has more, um, security features than zoom does. So I use whistle and slack and then I'm on my MacBook pro between that and two different iPhones every day. Yeah. yeah. But my team will tell you, I set boundaries. So 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., you got me. I don't text any business at all. Um, In fact, I think the majority of our team doesn't even have my number because I have to be in a space where, one, I'm not on all the time. I can't be accessible. You know, I need to be able to tap out for myself. Um, and then, like I said, I got a daughter as well. So she gets me whenever she needs me. Um, but outside of that, I just, I, I, I very begrudgingly to my friends and, and associates, I said, you know, I'm, I'm like, man, I don't even want to wake up and you've sent me a text. I do send me a text at six twenty eight this morning. And it kind of broke my heart a little bit because it woke me up out of my sleep. Oh, and, and it was like, ah, I was so close <laughs> and I don't like to turn off my phone just case, you know, emergency, what have you. But, you know, so it was just one of those things. So I'll hit him up later on today. Like, Hey man, just as a reminder, look bright. I appreciate the biblical verse, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but can you, can you send it at nine? You know, 
I had this this running bit where I was um I was joking with my girlfriend. I was like, "Yeah, I don't talk to certain people before nine or after five. And she's like, "That's great." <laughs> All right, so this is the, this is the last um last thing that I have. And these are rapid fire questions, and and pretty much um. You can just answer these uh, as as briefly as you would like, and they're more so framed like I said what I said. That, that's literally kind of what it is. Um, so, what's a surprising fact about band devices? Like, just something that people just wouldn't know that you're even surprised. Like, oh yeah, we did do that. That we've grown as fast as we have. That we have as many team players on our team that we do. That we are. Uh, black owned, even though we have other people working for us. Um, and that I tell people all the time, I said, the smartest thing I could have ever done um, is ask three other people smarter than me to run the company. That's, that's a great answer. Um, I, I, now this is, I was cheating. I, I asked this earlier. So hopefully you were thinking about this one a little bit. Favorite okay. movie. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I like to troll people with that one a little bit. I'll, I'll ask it early. And it's like, Oh, he's not going to ask that. And it's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> different ones come to mind for different reasons. Uh, today, right in this moment, um, I'll probably say, uh, raging bull. Let's go one. Let's go one. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the last one I have. Um, the last book that you read that you would recommend there are a fair amount of people who will read something like, yo, that was whack or it eh, doesn't really work for me. Um, but what's the, cause I've been on this audio book kick recently. So, me too. you know, so I've just been doing uh, what is it? Um, be water, my friend, the, uh, Shannon Lee about her dad, about Bruce Lee and his philosophies. Wait, what, what, what is it again? It's called be water, my friend. And who's it by? Um, it's, uh, Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's uh, daughter. Yes. Uh, one of my best friends, he's a filmmaker um, he met with her because they requested a meeting with him because um, he was slated to write the script. Oh, wow. And he knew more about her dad <laughs> and the family than they did. Wow. And he's a big old six, five, 350 pound brother, whatever like that. I think they could not get out of their mind that this giant soul of a, of, of a, a movie, uh, five, uh, what do you call it? A cinephile? Cinephile. Um, knew as much as he did about cinema in general. Yeah. You know, it blew them. I think they were just too intimidated by it. So he ended up not doing it. Actually, his last name is Murray. Uh, also Cassandra. Um, uh, let's see. I've been reading The Millionaire Next Door. Um, something of a salesman. What is it again? Um, and then another one that a brother just recommended. I got Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I do these headway. I do the headway uh, app. So it gives me abbreviated books and I do, um, I do them almost every single day. I'm going to take that note down because I want to, I want to increase. And, um, the, the, the person you, the brother you were talking about that, uh, was working with, uh, the, the, the Lee like family or have you, you sound like you were describing this like six, six, five, like three something. I was like, that's kind of me. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm, I'm six, four, like three twenty. <laughs> oh, I can't even tell. No, usually well, people well, don't until they see me. If, if you're that, then Charles might be twice your size. Then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's all of the questions that I have, but I want to invite you to shamelessly plug um, website, social media, all of that good stuff to let the fine folks know more about your work and the work that Band Devices is doing. You know what? If, if you would indulge me for a moment. Sure. I want to read something that you may have read on our website, but one of my partners in really signifying what we're about, he wrote this and it's on our website, but I want to read it for your listeners out there in case they don't make it to the site. Um, I want to read, this is, this is who we are. There was a time when it was bad to be black, a time when Brown was illegal a time when being gay or queer was immoral, a time when those less abled were abominable. There were times when being different was a vice. We reject those labels. For those historically undervalued, overlooked, or cast aside, we say now is your time. Now is our time. We are creating a band of vices. We reject colonialism, we reject tribalism, we reject exclusivity. We embrace uniqueness, diversity, and inclusion. We embrace love. We are a band of vices. Our mission is to harness the power of all of our differences to create a greater whole. We support strong voices and community. You can find that at bandofvices.com. You can follow us on any social media platform at Band of Vices as well. So there you have it, folks. I want to thank you again for coming on to this podcast. So for Terrell, Terrell Tilford, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art and culture in and around your city. You just got to look for it. <laughs>